Thank you, Brother James. I've got Brother James over there for a purpose. What happened is for a purpose. Turn him back on just a moment, Brother James. Stay right over there, please. Just stay right there. Now, there was a purpose in what I just asked this young man to do. Let me say a few things before I get into the message, and then you'll understand fully what, I, what happened just now. I thank the Lord for the privilege to be back. Like Brother Bobby, I did not know. I was not even sure whether I'd make it through that day or not. Brother Harlow and I have been through some very sick times in our old physical bodies, but uh, I praise the Lord that all is as well with us as what it is. God's been good, brother. God's been good. And uh, I'm grateful to be back here. Uh, I'm grateful to be anywhere. And I'm glad to see you. I, I appreciate you so much. I want to say some things, and then I'll, I'll uh, get into the message. I want us to remember Brother Bob Bell's church today. Uh, great man, good man, good man. And uh, pray for that great church. And we'll tell you something, folks. Pray for them every day. Because they are in, uh, they are going to go through some deep water. Deep, deep water. And they'll need our prayers. They'll need them desperately. Pray for his family. And then let me ask you to do something else. Uh, a number of the folks came down from Lenore City uh, during the Jubilee, and they were in, they were, uh, became addicted to it. Uh, I mean, when I say addicted to it, I mean they really got bit big time. And uh, they have a young pastor. He'll be being ordained this afternoon. And uh, uh, at, I think about 2 o'clock, something like that. And he came down here. He said, he went right straight back home and said, we've got to have one of the Jubilees. I mean, we've got to have one bad. Amen. They liked it. Well, they, they had a lot of work. They didn't realize to start with how much work there is in it. And all of a sudden, they jumped in there in about two or three weeks. And I got a, an email this morning that they were working at the church at 1 o'clock this morning. And uh, they're going to be having a Jubilee starting today. Well, actually today, starting tomorrow. And I, I, I really be thrilled if as many of you could drive up to Lenore City get off at exit 81, cross back over the expressway and go to the next traffic light and turn right. Out there about two, maybe two or three miles, you'll see a sign that says Grace Baptist Church. And you, I, I want to see this church one more time. I saw it when it was packed full, running over. And uh, Brother Bill Harvey was one of the dearest friends I ever had in the world. Same thing happened to him that happened to Brother Buster. And uh, I went back there not long ago and preached. And my heart was broke. A little bitty crowd sitting in the middle of a section of the house. Just a little bitty crowd. Brother Ed, I saw her running over. And uh, they stayed faithful. They stayed with it. They really stuck in there. I mean through hell and high water. And it would thrill them to death. If some of you, and it won't take you, how long does it take to drive up there? An hour or less, maybe? Drive up to North City, exit 81, get off there, go back across, go over the next traffic light, turn right, and I'll be out there, oh, short distance. 
it would thrill them to death for you to come. I hear some of the young men saying they're going to try to go up, but we'll be there in some of the services. And uh, it would thrill that little group of folks to death. I mean, beyond anything that I can say. And uh, so pray for Brother Bob and pray for the Lenore City that you believe. And then my spouse, my wife, my companion, my better half will be having a birthday coming Friday. She'll be 90. <laughs> no, she'll be 45. Amen. So you, uh, <laughs> amen. I've been enough hot water already. So you be praying for the Jubilee up at the Little Horse. I'll be preaching there on Wednesday night. Be going up on Tuesday just to be there with them and be in their services on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then let me say this. I know it's a long ways. But you know, folks, the Jubilee down at uh, down in Roanoke, Alabama. Now, what we I can't remember the date of that. Anybody tell me? April, I believe it is. March or April. Anyway, that bunch of folks have just absolutely, I don't know how to describe it, pastor and just, and I think that they're going to bring uh, maybe a couple of bus loads this time. We've, we've got to go down. There ain't no question about it now. No talking about it. No thinking about it. Somebody said, well, I, I've got to fatten up an old chicken to fry that day. I don't care what you've got to do. I, I want, if the dogs die of hunger, go to Roanoke. Amen? I mean, I want you at Roanoke. And if you're not down there, whoo, going to be rough. going to be rough. I want to, Mama and Daddy and uncles and aunts and cousins and all of you to be at Roanoke. You've never lived. You've been in Roanoke. Of course, you might not if you do. But I want you to come to Roanoke, Alabama, to the Jubilee. How many of you are glad you're saved this morning? Now, Brother James, I want you to do that again for me. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, I want to preach on when the power goes off. When the power goes off. I want you to look around. These are good fixtures. Good fixtures. Clean, nice. But there's no light there. Not one light. Good bulbs. All of them are in action. But no light. For one reason. The switch is off. The power's off. No light. I want to preach on that this morning when the power goes off. Now you can turn it back on, Brother James. I want you to open your Bible to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And we're going to read reading from verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You know, I want to I want to say something to my grandson Casey. You know, it's amazing how you see little things that become maturity in people's lives. Paul said, "When I was a child, I spake as a child. I had childish ways." But then he said, "I laid aside childish things." Brother Bobby referred to when he was a young preacher. <laughs> well, that was a while back, and for me too. When we were young preachers and young people uh, growing in the Lord, we did things maybe a little different. And I remember Casey, the first time I heard him pray, I thought he was the Indianapolis 500. I did. I, I thought, Lord of mercy, he's going to go across the line and win for sure. But I noticed Casey this morning when he prayed. 
his words were slow and he was thinking what he was saying. I like that, son. I like that. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive... Say that word out loud. Say it again. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Father, help me now for a few minutes to bring a simple message that will go home with these people. Help us to speak to all of our hearts. Help us to glean from Thy Word the things that we need to know. I pray God today for Brother Buster Seaton's family this morning. I pray for Brother Bob Bell's family this morning. I pray for these people, Lord, that are going through extremely dark valleys. Be with them and help them, I pray. Be with every preacher in the pulpit this morning that desires to preach the Word of God. Have your way, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You hear a lot about horsepower. You hear a lot about firepower in the time of war. You hear about, about firepower. But I want to say to every born-again child of God, we are to have the power of God in our life. Not Baptist power, not uh, Church of God power, not Nazarene power, not Methodist power. But God said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I want to say to you this morning without any hesitation and without any need for apology, without the power of God in our lives, we can do nothing. Now, you may be a baptized Baptist. You may have all the credentials that said, I'm a Baptist, I'm a member of a Baptist church. And you may have your name upon some church row. But unless, my dear friend, that anointing, that power of God has come in your life, you're simply like those lights were when the switch was turned off. You're nothing. You may, you may look like you're a, some kind of a Baptist official or some church member, but without the power of God in your life, God has said, without me, you can do nothing. That's so, isn't it? That's so. I see so many churches, and I, I'm in them, and I've been in them. And I wanted to slip off in the middle of the night. I wanted trap doors to open up and let me fall out. I've been in churches where they had great big swelling choirs and great big crowds and great big activity, but you soon discovered there was no power of God there. Without the power of God, as the Bible said, we can do nothing. I remember one time sitting at a traffic light. Drove up to it and stopped. And all of a sudden I was aware that the traffic light wasn't on. There wasn't any green light, yellow light. There was just no light on. But suddenly there was utter confusion because nobody knew when to go, what to do. That, that light is a direction. And I'm going to say without the power of God to give you direction in your life, you are in utter confusion. 
There is nothing but confusion. And as soon as the light came on, there was order. This one went, this one went this way, and that one went that way. Without God to direct you, you don't know which way to go. I saw folks act on their own strength and their own wisdom. You can lean on the arm of flesh for so long, but after a while, you've got to have some direction from God. There's got to be that direction. And so that's what I want to preach on this morning, when the power goes off. How many of you have ever, and I, I don't remember what year it was or what month it was, but some years ago, we had, I guess, one of our record snowfalls in this country. I remember out in my driveway, it was 21 inches of snow. And I remember that night when the power went off. No light. And brother, it got cold. How many of you know why so many churches are cold? There ain't no power. Just no power there. And you can't cook. <laughs> and so you get hungry. You've got to have power. When the power goes off in the hospital, there's danger there. People can die there. Oh, they can have all the instruments in the world and all the medicine in the world, but if you haven't got power, they're in darkness. Darkness. You know what's wrong with this country today? It's darkness. It's darkness all around us. The Bible said in the book of John, if we say that we have fellowship and walk with Him, if we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie. You can't do anything in darkness and fellowship with God. Just can't happen. Just can't happen. If we say, if we say then, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How that? How can we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Oh, we're children of light. We're not children of darkness. We're not of the night. And so, when the switches were thrown there a while ago, the lights went out. Somebody said, what's wrong in my life, preacher blue? Power's gone off. No power there. How long has it been? Let me ask you a question. How long has it been? Now, don't talk about just some emotional experience. How long has it been since you were conscious of the power of God in your life? How long has it been since you knew that was the hand of God on you? How long has it been since you knew God had you in His arms? I'm talking about the power of God. Let me ask you something else. Did you know you can't pray without the power of God? The Bible said we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now, you may get down and say some words. You may get on your knees and have that as a posture for your prayer. Oh, that looks so good. And you may have your hands folded like this. And you may close your eyes. And you may say words. But unless that Holy Spirit's there, oh, it's nothing. You can't pray without God. <clears throat> now, require, I'm going to say this to you. I travel all over the country. I was talking to a preacher this week. You've got one of the greatest choirs in the country. Bar none. But I'm going to say something to you. The power can go off up there too. Oh, you can hit every note. You can hit every note. Down, left, right, up, down. You can do all of that. 
And Peggy can hit every key. The, the guitars can play every string. But you've got to have the power of God. It's got to be there. There's no question about it. You can have the best automobile in the country. You can have high-octane fuel in there. But there's one little thing. You can have it washed up. It can be clean and be sparkling and be waxed. All oh, the windshields can be clean. Every bug off of it. But until that little switch... got to have that spark. That's got to ignite that gasoline power. That big old engine. I remember one time years ago I was up in Maryville, Tennessee. I pulled in Brother Leonard for some gasoline. and Honestly, I, there was a car. Here was a gas pump. And I pulled on this side and one of the biggest cars I've ever saw in my life pulled over on the other side. Honest, I never saw a car that big in my life. It was big. And I heard the fellow say to the attendant, give me that gas in that pump right there. And I looked at that thing, and I knew how big it was, and the engine must have been, I don't know how long. But this fellow said, you mean this tank? Yeah, he said, fill her up. And he, I looked, and it was the, lowest octane fuel that the man could get. He filled that big old car up and paid the man and got in it and turned the switch on. I never saw a ball of smoke come out the back of that thing in my life. The car was built for high octane fuel. We are built for the power of God. Amen? God wants power. Don't sit there and say, I want the choir to have power. I want the preacher to have power. God wants you to have power. See, you never become a Christian just to kind of swing along through life and say, Oh, oh I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. No. God wants your life to be full of the power of God. And you shall receive power. Say that word with me. Power! After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I know some of you are scared of that word. I know some of you kind of flinch when you say the Holy Ghost. But that's that third person of the Trinity. That's the Father, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. See, when Jesus left here, He said, I'll not leave you comfortless. I'll pray the Father. He said, I'll ask the Father, and He'll send you another comforter. One called alongside. On the day of Pentecost, He came. Oh, dear friend, if you're just like that big old car and you're just filling your life with up old low-octane religious fuel, my papa Hooker used to say, it ain't worth a flip. Oh, it'll bring you to church maybe on Sunday morning, but there won't be no power in your life. You'll be bored at church. You'll be miserable at church. If you've just got religion, that's all you've got. You don't have nothing. 
You know why some of you are so unhappy? You won't let God fill your life with the power of God. Now let me say this. Let me say this. I want to straighten something out in your life and a statement. We are in a church of God town. Good people. Some of them are good folks. Some of them are like Baptist Harris Cowan. That's the truth. Oh, that's right. Uh, and they ain't worth like that all you say. They ain't worth shooting with a flip. But there's some sorry church of God. Some sorry Baptists. Sorry Baptists. I, 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 want to, I said what I said, and this is not taking a slam with them. They don't believe in our eternal security. I do. I don't, they, I don't believe in their talking in tongues. Amen. I don't believe in it. I don't believe it's scriptural. They do. That's their business. That's why they're over there and we're over here. <laughs> I don't believe in either machine die, tie, bow, tie, Volkswagen, Honda, cut a watermelon, gag a maggot. I don't believe in that. But I do believe with all of my heart that God wants you to become acquainted and know the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe that. And I believe God wants you to know His presence in the reality of the Holy Ghost. Now, we're not talking about it. We're talking about Him. I'm enjoying preaching this morning. Now, somebody said, Brother Blue, why is it that sometimes I, I, I'm enjoying living for God, I'm enjoying doing things for God, and then all of a sudden, just go dead? The switch turns off. See, you've allowed something to come into your life. See, sin will throw the switch every time. Every single time. See, the Bible said a little leaven of that sin leaven up the whole lump. It'll just cut the switch off. Amen. It'll turn the power off. Those were good lights up there, but with the power disconnected, they wasn't worth a dime. And he said, if you say you fellas have fellowship with me and walk in darkness, you lie. You can't be out there walking in darkness and having fellowship. You can sing Amazing Grace, but it won't have the same to it. Amen. So there's confusion in your life. I want to say something to you. There's some of you that occasionally somebody will have a little shout and spell, and you say, I don't believe that. I don't like that. I believe it's just emotion. I'd rather they wouldn't do it. You might be surprised what kind of a spell you'd have if you just connect up with power. You might act worse than I've acted. See, we're talking about something you don't manufacture. Something you don't work up. Something you don't create. 
We're talking about the anointing of God. And pre- you young preachers, let me say something to you. And I say it with all the love of God in my heart because I love every one of you. Now you can study and do this and do that, but if you don't, and when you get up to preach, if you don't, if you don't have that anointing of God on you, all I can say is, because it's nothing. It's nothing. You say, well, preacher, I can preach, but I. I just don't ever get excited. If you don't get excited, you you can't excite them. If you're not excited about your own preaching, my God, you won't get them excited. Amen? If you stand up here like a a scarecrow in a cornfield at Halloween, they're not going to get excited. But when you when the power of God connects on you and the power of God throws a switch on you and you get excited, Lord God, they'll get excited too. Amen. John, let me use Brother Bobby for this. If you were to subserve Brother Bobby for a while, this thing is going on sitting over here. And then when they turned over to him, Lord God, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Now we're the flip. See, we're not just supposed to come through those doors and the minute we come through those doors, the power hit us. We're supposed to come through those doors with the power on us. We're supposed to be walking and talking with God Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're supposed... It, it's not a matter of just coming in here and turning the switch on. We ought to have a switch turned on when we come in here. Now, come on. How many of you are getting just a tiny little bit out of what I'm preaching this morning? Are you getting something out of this? See, let me say this to you. You can, and God wants you to have that power and presence of the Holy Ghost. Now, you say, well, brother, I want God's Holy Spirit in me and all my... He said, be not drunk on wine, where is excess, but be filled. Now, Brother Ed brought me a big old glass of water, and I appreciate that. But if I had to look down in there and saw two red worms, and there's one roach bug and a spider, I'd have set her back down. And I said, Brother Ed, if you want to drink it, drink it yourself. Now, let me say this. Do you know when God's going to begin to fill your life? Is when you get the roach bug and the spider. He said, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. When you start laying aside things, and <coughs> you know, Hello? When you start dealing with that old natural man, when you say, God, I've got an old, ill, ugly temper. I've got a temper that, God, I, I, I want you to help me to control. I want you to help me with it. Or if you've got an old lying tongue, or a gossiping tongue, or are you full of malice and greed and envy and strife? And and you don't walk like a Christian. You don't talk like a Christian. And you don't dress like a Christian. 
Well, I'm going to go ahead, James. See, here's the thing about it. The world's looking at you. The Bible said we are an epistle known and read of all men. God said the world's looking at you. And when you go out here and you've got habits and you, and you do things and you've got a bad temper and you listen to the bad junk, oh, when you go out there, God can't fill that life with the power of the Holy Ghost. That's exactly it. Let's say, for instance, see, confidence is a great thing. If you don't have any confidence in me because of a bad life, I might as well not get up there. Let's say you go, uh, you see me standing along somewhere with a can of Bud Stupid in my hand. Well, you said maybe the tongue or maybe the backer or maybe the butt stupid would... No. See, God said, I want to fill your life. I want to give you power. I want to turn the switch on. I want to make a soul winner out of you. I want to make you a blessing. He said to Abraham, I'll make thee a blessing. He never said, Abraham, you try. He said, Abraham, I'm going to make you one. I'll make you a blessing. Have you witnessed this week? The power of the Holy Ghost will say witness. The power of the Holy Ghost will say tell somebody about Jesus. Am I right, folks? Amen. Listen, you don't witness because you're a Baptist. You witness because you're saved and love God and got the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen? Now, some of you are arriving at the conclusion that I'm preaching a second blessing. No such thing. I'm teaching and preaching just to what the whole of the Bible said in this holy word right here. He said He wants your life to be occupied by that third person of the Trinity. Now you said, Brother Blue, I don't like what you said. I'm sorry about you got that attitude about it, but I'm not sorry for what I said. That's not bothering me. I'm not sorry because of what I said, because I'm sticking with this book. See, when you don't have the power on your life. This is page one. This is page two. Singers can't sing without the Holy Spirit. I mean to be a blessing. And preachers can't preach without the Holy Spirit to be an instructor. And teachers can't teach without the power of the Holy Ghost to be the teachers they want to be and need to be. Am I right? Say amen. You just can't do it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In first in, in Corinthians one verse eighteen, it said, "For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God." Oh, thank God. In Luke 14, verse 8, And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because it has anointed me, uh, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance of the captive, and to recover of the sight of the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Folks, we've got to have the power of God. 
I'll ask every preacher in here. I have. I'm, I'm, I want to be the first to raise my hand. One of the hardest things in the world. Now, you can, you can, you can I guess, do your thing preaching-wise, but a preacher knows when he gets up where there's got that touch on him. Right, Brother Arnold? You know when he's there and when he's not there. And I'm going to say that, I guess the thing about it, a lot of Christians say to the preacher, said, well, you're supposed to be that way. Oh, folks, if you're saved, it's not just the preacher supposed to be that. You too. You too. You know, I'm not, when I walk out my front door, I'm, I'm a representative of God. And so are you. You're not just a representative of the way of the cross Baptist church. You're higher than that. You're a representative of God. Amen. All right. I'm going to try to come to close. I don't know whether I can or not. I guess one of the most amusing in one way stories in the Bible and still bears a great truth. One time, there was some men going out to cut down some trees to build a church. They was going out to build, cut down some trees to build some churches. And the thing about it was, when they got out there, they were just chopping the, and the chips of the flying boy. You would talk about cutting trees. Timber! I mean, they're cutting them trees. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, one of the men that was cutting... I, do, I believe he had a good axe. I believe it was good and sharp. I really do. But all of a sudden, the axe come off of the handle. Do you know what? I guess there was one of the most intelligent men in the Bible because he stopped trying to cut the tree down with a handle. He stopped. Smart boy. I mean, uh, now a lot of preachers with a handle. That's all they got. They'll never get the cotton picking tree cut down, but they haven't got enough sense to quit. <laughs> and the saddest thing about it, and don't tell nobody, don't let this get out. There are some people in congregations that don't know the difference between an axe on the handle and an axe off the handle. Boy, said he's dressed good. Lord God. Woo! I, I believe that polo he has smelled on. Oh, man. Lord God, look how his hair's got that wave in it. Oh, oh, that ain't got a thing to do with it. It's whether you got an axe on the handle or not. I like that story. I like that story. I mean, I, when I get to heaven, I, I want to walk up to that old boy and say, Man, I appreciate you. You had enough sense to stop trying to cut the tree down with a handle. Amen. Let me go on now. I'll try to hurry. I've got one more page. <laughs> when there is no power in your life, there will be no concern 
about yourself or others. You can come to church, but if you don't have the power of God in your life, you don't care about them folks out there. You don't care about the little dirty kids that tossed out on the world or raised for themselves. You don't care about them. But when the power of the Holy Ghost fills your life, you'll start caring about yourself and others. You'll start caring about your family. You'll start caring about loyalty. Well, I've done give up on them. I don't think there's nothing. No! When God consumes your life, you'll care about others. When you're not filled with the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost, there will be no convictions about anything. You don't have... God help up anybody that don't have convictions. Bible convictions. Bible convictions. I believe a child of God that's saved by the grace of God knows... Who who was this? Uh, was it was it old... Uh, I can't try to... Somebody, you young preachers, friend. Bob Jones, I believe it was. The old man. The old Bob man. He said, when the sun refuses to shine, do right. When, he said, when everything, everything goes wrong, he said, do right. You never do wrong by doing right. A lot of preacher people walk up to me and said, do you think it's wrong to do? I was out, what was the name of that little town Mama was in Texas and some, I can't remember where it's at now, but anyway, got there, I never had been there. I took one look at the preacher and I said, oh God, never saw that turkey before in my life. He said to me, he said, oh, you are going to be blessed extremely tonight. And I thought, Lord, bring it on out, boy. Bring it on out. Now, I'm telling the truth. My wife's sitting back there, and she'll remember this. He said, we have some special singers tonight that will bless you. And I said, Lord, help us all. Now, here's the truth. It was three boys, and when they came in, they all had... Overalls. Nothing wrong with overalls. I love them. I mean, I, I own two pair of them. I like overalls. But now get this. They had a zipper right here. Went all the way down here. And right at the bottom of that zipper, they had a big copper ring. A big ring. You know, I'm talking about a big ring. Like a, uh, just a big ring. And, uh, I mean, I won't get into all this kick about long hair or anything. I believe men ought to have a haircut look like a man. Now, right there, now here is a hair. Now, this is a haircut. Lord God. Now, I ain't going to say a thing about this one here. And the girl, now get this, get this. Her skirt, she had a blue jean skirt on with it... Oh, oh, Lord. I'm, whoa, God. And it was not only high here, it was low here. And everything was nearly falling out. Now, I'm not going to lie about it. I went in the pool pit just about as mad as the devil. Here I was, but I killed my family driving like an idiot all day long trying to get that bunch of idiots. (laughs) 
And that little heifer, lady, a girl, had the nerve to walk up to me after service and said that, you insinuate or talk like you don't believe I ought to be dressed like this. I put my hand on her little bony shoulders and shook her. And the preacher come walking up. He said, is there something wrong? I said, get out of the way. Just get out of the way. And I said, yes, young lady, there's something wrong with the way you dress. And I said, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And that's not for the glory of God. And she got under conviction and got born again. Amen. Yes! See, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you want to walk right, talk right, dress right, spit white. Amen? I think it's good too. I love it. I'm having a ball. Amen? You have some convictions. Not only that, there'll be some conversions. That sure as the world. God will start blessing and souls will start being saved. They don't think, listen, our objective in this life is to win souls to Christ. If you're not winning souls to Christ, turn her into a pool hall. Amen? Without the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost, there will be no cooperation. And then last of all, Without the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost, there'll be no contributions. Somebody said, how important is it to give? I believe every child of God ought to be a tither. I mean, everyone ought to be a tither. You'll get, you'll give it or God will take it. One way or the other, just as sure as the world. There's just no getting around it. That's the way it is. Oh, you said, preacher, well, I haven't enjoyed your message this morning. I'm going to say this to you, and I say it with love. I say it with kindness. I say it with all of my heart. When your life is taken over by the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost, you'll enjoy what this old man's preached this morning. Just assure the world. Yes, sir. You say, preacher, you're a Baptist preacher? Yes, sir. I'm a Bible Baptist preacher. I believe with all of my heart. This is one of the greatest churches in the country. One of the greatest churches in the country. But I believe when every child, from every young person to every, every one of you, when, you're, when you say, Oh God, I want my life filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I want everything in my life. I, when you begin to lay aside, get rid of, get rid of, get rid of daily temper, uh, ugly attitudes, bad habits, and bad language. And when you reach, when you look down the cup and there's nothing in there, God said, I can fill it. And he will. He will. He will. I can just hear. I, I'd like to be a fly in your car and hear what you talk about on the way home today. I really would. I'd like to be a fly sitting up there on the car. Well, what do you think about that message? Well, I don't think it's. I think it's out of place. Well, do you too? Not to not you, too. I ought to place my foot. I'm not going to live very long. I'm not, I know I'm not. But I'd like to live, live long enough to see that old-time power. They were in an upper chamber. They were all with one accord. 
when the Holy Ghost descended, as was promised by our Lord. Help me sing it. Oh, Lord, send the... I'd be ashamed. You know what you're saying? Like you're trying to slip up on God. And I believe with that kind of singing, you'd have probably done it too. You know how many of you are excited about that? Daniel, I would literally, I'd crawl in that pew if I was you. And I'm like, what you tell you fellas? You wasn't doing too good either. Doug, you got a right haircut, but Lord God, son. Miss Dean, I had looked at you twice if you were moving your lips. Shane, I'd be ashamed of the dogs. Honest. They were in an upper chamber. They were on. Please, let's stand together. Our Father, O oh God, help us to lay aside the weights and the sins and everything that beset us, Lord, that You can fill our lives. O oh God, I know that we receive the Holy Ghost the day we were saved, but Lord, there's so many feelings. Help our lives to be controlled and taken over by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that others can see Christ in us. Help us not to talk in a way that they can't see the Lord. Or help us not to have old bad habits. and Help us not to dress in ways that they can't see the Holy Ghost. Oh, God. Lord, let us be preachers, Lord, that will go in the pulpit at a blazing fire. Oh, help us to be choirs that will go in the choir with a blazing fire. Help us to be people at home that folks can knock on the door and when we go to the door they can see Jesus in us. Our Father, have Your way today. Peggy, come to the piano please for us to sing. Let me ask you a question. How much of God do you want? How much of your life do you want consumed with the power of the Holy Ghost? Oh God, Oh, God, may the way of the Cross Baptist Church be a blazing fire. May they be able to see it all over the country. They said, and they've been with Jesus. Lord, they're Christians. They call us Christians at Antioch. Lord, let us walk down the street and say, they're from out the way of the cross. They're different. Oh, God, help them to see Jesus in us. Mothers and daddies, help us to live so that our children could see Jesus in us. Oh, God, do something for us this morning. 
in Jesus' name. We're going to sing in just a minute. If there's any of you here lost or backslid or anything in your life that you need to come to this altar this morning, I want you to move on the first verse. Sing it, Peggy. Sing it, girls.